Hey everybody, welcome on in another edition of the Ramblin' Rabbi podcast. Hope you'll stay a while. As always, enjoy hearing everybody's feedback. And uh, if you got ideas of things that you would like my opinion on to get into any kind of story in sports, would love to do that. We're going to take a look at some of the big stories this past week in sports as well as get into a great debate that we have all the time. All of us know what we're talking about, the greatest, what does it mean to be the greatest. So hang out, stick around for a while, and I hope you will enjoy. We're going to start off going across the pond. Let's look at the Premier League, which began and is underway which is great. Very happy to see that. A lot of our top players in Premier League, though, look a little, you know, rusty, which is to be understood. Like Pugba and and Harry Kane, they didn't look up to par, but I'm sure we're going to see them in much better shape as the season continues. God willing, no issues in being shut down again. With sticking right there with that game and uh, United beating... Tottenham Hotspur, of course, I'm not going to complain as a United fan. That was great. Uh, They're definitely, as time goes on, hopefully we're going to see more from this team. David De Gea, I think, as with all of our favorite players as they get older, I think we're seeing the same thing with De Gea. I just think at this point his top goalie status is starting to be put in question. He is just not the same as he was a couple of years ago. And it sucks to see that as a fan, but it's something that Man United is going to have to acknowledge and address uh, with the rest of the season and going forward, what they're going to do, what their plans are for the uh, goalie position. Of course, a very, very important position. And uh, we'll see how the rest of this Premier League is going to shape up at the end of this season. Arsenal losing was quite surprising. But then again, if you've been following them this year, maybe not. Uh, I think with a couple of these teams, they're going through a little bit of a turnover as many of these coaches that we've been accustomed to seeing for so long on the sidelines of these teams have been turned over. So some of these teams that we're accustomed to seeing at the top and playing a certain way and acting a certain way, there's going to be changes. Uh, United went through this only a couple of years ago. Hopefully, if they keep Ole for a while, they won't have to do this every couple of years. Bruno Fernandes, again, the best player on the pitch for United. This was an excellent pickup uh, in the beginning of the year, and hopefully the rest of the team joins him and they can make a run to be there in the top four as the Premier League comes to a close. While we're at it, going from across the pond back this way, I don't know if you guys have seen that story about Bob Baffert, the uh, probably the most recognizable name in horse racing, and the scandals that are surrounding him. Just a quick thought on that. Sometimes the money gets to the head, and people make bad decisions, especially in this sport of horse racing. There has been a lot of scandal recently. A lot of horses have been injured, or even worse, and... With Bob Baffert being accused of a positive drug test again, second time with a high-profile horse. I don't know if this means that uh, we're going to be seeing a lot less of him and his horses because there's going to be suspensions, etc. But for a man who has been sitting at the top 
of this sport for a long time. I don't know if this means that we're going to start seeing a lot less of him because he's engaged or encouraging, maybe not him specifically, but those within his organization, if you will, are engaged in things they should not be, especially affecting the horses. And I am uh, very cautious to say that uh, he's going to come out of this one clean and free as he has in previous times. I think he's going to be sitting down for a little bit. Um, moving, Continuing into maybe more mainstream sports. You know, I don't think college football is going to be getting started on time if it even is going to take off. There are a lot of cases of COVID going around. Um, many players are being told don't private uh, practice privately. The restrictions are very, very harsh. This is going to be a very difficult uh, thing for college football to address in order to be able to get the season underway. There are so many different uh, areas that they need to address, and I am not seeing how they're going to be able to do that in the most safe way that the players, coaches, etc., everybody who is involved in the game would feel comfortable and ready to go and uh, start the season on time. So this is going to be a uh, a big, big question, and we talked about this uh, a while back. The fallout from that is going to be massive, but not just from a athletic perspective is the fallout going to be massive, but a financial hit, especially to some of these smaller college towns that really rely on revenue from these kinds of games and events, that's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough for them to rebound from something like this. Staying in the realm of college sports, seeing the SEC not wanting to host championship uh, games in Mississippi, I'm all for that. I completely agree uh, that flag should have been changed. It shouldn't have come to sports to want to make the change. But then again, sports has always been a very powerful platform uh, for different issues that we need to address in our society. So if that's what this will do and help make a change, I'm all for it. I think that's fantastic. Definitely got to make a change to that flag. And uh, good for them for uh, making that something that is important. Sticking with that theme itself, Juneteenth, I really hope that that becomes a national holiday. If we're going to have real change and sustain that conversation, that it continues, and we continue to make progress in that area specifically, then I think it would do America good to make Juneteenth a national holiday. We don't really have a national holiday for the emancipation, then why don't we make Juneteenth that day? so that we can focus on it, and every year it comes up again, makes some type of consistency that we have to address the issues that are dealing, you know, that this specific minority is dealing with, and then hopefully that leads into all minorities and gets back to what America should truly be about. But I digress, as we want to keep it in the realm of sports, but good for the SEC for making that decision. Will football be happening? Well, as of right now, yes, although we're seeing uh, Fauci saying it's going to have to happen, quote-unquote, in a bubble. Um, Many players are being told not to have private workouts. Um, There have been some very uh, high-profile names that have tested positive for 
coronavirus? Does the NFL go down the same route as college football? I would venture to say not. I think, first of all, they start later. So, again, they have the benefit of time. And of all the major sports, the NFL stands to gain the most because they can see how the other sports are going to start, or in baseball's case, not start. But they can learn from that before they get their own season underway. I do think it's going to happen. I do think it's going to be, of course, with empty stadiums or pretty much empty stadiums. I think they can make it work, provided, again, that there is no second wave of coronavirus that starts, God forbid, sweeping the nation, I think we do get to see the NFL on the gridiron and uh, hopefully no health-related issues whatsoever. I was having a conversation uh, a couple of days ago regarding the greatest, and this is a conversation slash argument I think we've all had in the past very, very hard to define who is the greatest in their sport. When talking about an individual in an individual sport, such as the greatest tennis player, golfer, boxer, something like that, a sport where it's solely one person, and that one person is, quote-unquote, the entire team, you can make an argument for the greatest, and it has much more standing ground and staying power than when trying to make the argument of the greatest individual within a team sport. So players like Nadal and Sampras or the Williams sisters or in golf somebody like a Tiger Woods or Jack Nicklaus, those arguments for those specific people are strong and really aren't just pie in the sky, but you can truly say they are the greatest in their sport. Once you move into the realm of team sports, it becomes very difficult because everybody is tied together. So, for example, in football, not winning Super Bowls, does that mean that those players who were extremely talented and really, really good, great at their craft, does that mean that they're not as good as a team or player that has won multiple Super Bowls? Do we feel that it is right to define Uh, some players' greatness based on team accolades, that's always a discussion that goes back and forth. But I will say, when you talk about greatness, what is it that you're truly trying to describe? If greatness is to be the ability to play the sport on that position in the sport at its greatest level, then... I would say it should not come down to what the team does. Just for, uh, you know, for argument's sake here, greatness or great would be, as it is defined in the dictionary, of an extent, amount, or intensity considerably above the normal or average, of ability, quality, or eminence considerably above the normal or average. That's what the word great is defined by. So there are many players that would fit into that category. But to say the greatest, you know, you're obviously looking at the top of the top. You're looking at who would be number one. Let's start with football. To say who is the greatest football player of all time, well, what position would you say would make that the greatest player of all time? I would say the quarterback because that person is responsible for the entire offense. 
you know, you can have the greatest wide receiver all of all time. You can have the greatest offensive lineman, etc. But they are responsible for their position. The quarterback is responsible for every position and making it work and making it run. To me, the greatest quarterback of all time right now, someone was arguing with me saying, Peyton Manning, I disagreed with that. I don't think he's the greatest of all time. I don't think he played the quarterback position, all facets of the quarterback position, as the greatest in comparison to others. I would say Aaron Rodgers, to me, as far as the quarterback goes, would be higher than Peyton Manning. If Patrick Mahomes continues on the on the path that he is, uh, I think we have our, our clear consensus winner. He can do everything. In the pocket, out the pocket, right hand, left hand, deep ball, short, accuracy to the corners. He's got it all. So greatness would probably, in my opinion, be the quarterback position. That would be the greatest position. And then looking for the greatest quarterback of all time would equal the greatest uh, football player of all time. In basketball, I wouldn't say Wilt Chamberlain. I don't think he had a opponent that was even close to being considered his equal. So of course he's going to dominate and his averages will probably never be challenged because when you have such a advantage, such an advantage on your team, of course you're just going to feed the beast. So his his numbers were, you know, th- through the roof. Greatest basketball player again. Can you do everything that the game requires of you as a basketball player? Can you do it as the greatest? Many people will say Michael Jordan. I've got no problem with that. But I will say, I think LeBron challenges Michael for that. And in my opinion, I think LeBron is a greater basketball player than Michael Jordan. Again, when you're talking about the greatest player, we're talking about the greatest in the sport, their athletic ability being expressed within the sport. What Michael Jordan did for basketball is the greatest. His drive, the greatest. But as far as being on the court, I think there are things that LeBron does that are better than Michael Jordan. And I think when time uh, continues to pass and the numbers will speak for themselves without the emotions of all of us fans, I do have a feeling that we will look back and say LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. Looking at baske- uh, baseball, baseball is a hard one because you don't have one player doing everything, meaning let's take, for example, Mike Trout. He's an unbelievable defensive player and uh, uh, just a monster at the plate, but he's in the outfield. He doesn't do anything in the infield. He doesn't pitch. So what would you really define for the greatest baseball player ever would be somebody, yes, a five-tool player. Maybe you really got to go back in history and look at those who used to pitch and play the field and hit somebody like Babe Ruth. It's a very, very difficult sport to, to define as what position would you say should be the greatest in the sport. And once you have clarified that, then look at those players and say, that person is the greatest ever. Is it shortstop? Is it center field? Is it somewhere in between? I don't know. You know, there, there's just so many different variables within the game of baseball. To have a number one, that's a really, really hard decision to come to. Somebody like a Willie Mays, maybe. I mean, 
somebody like a Ken Griffey Jr., maybe somebody like a Derek Jeter. Do you go even further back? I mean, there's just so many different uh, players. We'd be curious to hear your thoughts on what position would you consider the most difficult position in baseball, and therefore whoever you think played that position the best should be the greatest football player ever. Uh, I'm sorry, baseball player ever. Moving into hockey, well, yes, you've got a lot of back and forth. The game is so quick. It's so fast. It's so fluid, and you're on the offense and back on the defense. So I think with hockey, again, it's a little bit more like basketball where you're, you are, yes, technically playing one position. You're a winger or you're, you're center ice or you're a defenseman. But again, because you're constantly moving back and forth, you're really on both sides of the puck, if you will. Yeah, and to me, Gretzky has got to be that. Uh, it's just ridiculous what he did uh, as a hockey player. It's just unbelievable. Are there those who are going to challenge him for that? Yes, I think so. We already are seeing some challengers. I mean, Sidney Crosby would come up for one. I think uh, just all-around game, just phenomenal. But I, I'd have to say Wayne Gretzky is definitely the greatest hockey player uh, of all time. So it's just an interesting thing to think about when you talk about greatest. What do you use to define greatest? For me, that sport that you're talking about, all facets of that sport, does the player that you consider the greatest check off the boxes in all facets of that game as the greatest? Or at least if you were to combine all of the boxes, would they be number one slash number two in enough of them to say, yes, this player is the greatest of all time because of these qualities that they brought in every area of the game? In football, I would just going back to football, yes, I would say the quarterback, although it's, it's an interesting conversation to have if you're looking from a defensive side of the ball. You know, there is a, a leader on the defense who's, who is to put all of the players in the right position, making the right calls. Would that be your safety? Would that be your middle linebacker? And then, you know, going through that, looking at some of the greatest of all time to play those positions I don't know if I would necessarily, again, call them the greatest football player, maybe the greatest defensive football player. I just think as far as when it comes to execution and responsibility, the quarterback has a little bit more on offense than the quote-unquote defensive quarterback has on defense. But it's a great conversation to have, always a great argument. You can bring facts this way, you can bring facts that way, give the stats and the numbers. Um, That to me, is uh, always a fascinating discussion. And one more part of greatest is stepping up in the greatest moments to be the greatest player, either on the court or on the field, etc. So going back to how we started this conversation with Peyton Manning, he wasn't very great at the greatest moments. I mean, look at his Super Bowls. Forget the playoffs. Just just as a sample size, look at his Super Bowl performances. They were not great at all. So that to me, again, is a huge factor. It is making the play when it matters the most on the greatest stage, you being the one to execute and get it done. So these are uh, all interesting points to think about. And, um, you know, again, would love to hear your thoughts on who you think are the greatest players in the NFL, 
NBA, MLB, and NHL in history, and uh, who you think, besides being the greatest, has right now the best shot to challenge the greatest and uh, take the throne from them. To give you a thought for the week, in the Torah portion, we talked about the spies, 10 of them of the 12 that went to scout the land of Israel. 10 of them come back with a bad report and two of them come back with a good report. The crux of the issue that really led to the demise of these 10 spies and ultimately causing the Jewish people to have a national hysteria, thus being doomed to wander the desert for 40 years, was an interesting line that they said that we are like grasshoppers in the eyes of the inhabitants of the land of Canaan. Though the inhabitants never said to the spies that they are grasshoppers and that they are inferior and smaller and weaker, the spies decided that was the narrative. And that had major implications. Ultimately, because of that, this is what they told the Jewish people who were about to enter the land of Israel, that we will not be able to conquer it because we are like grasshoppers, feeding a narrative that wasn't true, feeding a narrative that they felt was, and what they assumed was the reality. Whereas the two that gave a good report, Joshua and Caleb, they said, listen, if we have been guaranteed that if we do our job and we do what we need to do, we will get this land, then we will surely be able to conquer it. Have faith in Moses, have faith in God. We've got this. But their noise, their view was drowned out by the hysteria of the Jews. I think it's a very, very powerful lesson when you look at the society today and choices that we make. You can either be fed a narrative and believe the narrative that is being told to you that you need to believe this and you need to believe that and you should know you are this or that, whatever the case might be. And it starts, it starts to make you think in a certain way and believe that that truly is the reality. And we've seen time and time again how dangerous that can be to a person's psyche, a community psyche, a nation, to be fed a certain belief and that assumption becomes truth and that assumption becomes reality and it makes it so hard to dig out of that because this narrative is just constantly being impressed upon you or we can make the decision like Joshua and Caleb which is we know that we've got a guarantee that if we do what we need to do no matter how difficult it might seem right now listen the Jews were a nation just came out of Egypt and they were to go and fight against the seven kingdoms that had, at that time, were inhabiting the land of Canaan. That's not easy. That is truly a daunting task. But just because it is hard doesn't mean it can't be done and it shouldn't be done. And that they could be victorious doing it. And that's a really powerful point here. No matter where we are in life, whether we are in a great situation, not a good situation, Whatever the case may be, we always have the, the ability to make the choice of going to conquer, getting after it, even if it is so difficult and so challenging. You can do it. We can do it. We can make the change that's necessary 
to be able to conquer the land, i.e. to conquer and overcome the obstacles and challenges that we face. So when we approach a new week and there's new opportunities, we shouldn't think to ourselves, oh man, this is going to be so rough, forget it. We're just like grasshoppers in their eyes. Quite the contrary. We surely can do it. We've got the guarantee that when we make the right choices and we do the things that are necessary, we are going to be successful. We're going to be making a positive impact. And so I encourage all of us to have that kind of mentality, that kind of mindset and perspective. Be like the two spies who make the right choice and go after it in the right way. If we all do that, I'm sure this world will be a much better place and looking forward to getting after it again with all of y'all next week.